Hello everyone, welcome to Figment of My Reality, where we talk about the true stuff that makes this big old world seem made up. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Bales. And I'm Jason Wright. Should we get into it? Yeah. Okay, so the Pope, a cat, and the medieval Inquisition walk into a bar. Haven't heard this one before, go ahead. <laughs> no? Okay, so everybody right now, they like cats, right? Uh, Most people do. They're cuddly, cute, and if you don't like either of that, they at least got some funny videos on YouTube. That's fair. And memes, right? In memes. Throwing it back to the 13th century, Pope Gregory IX didn't like cats that much. Is there a reason why? That he was he had more of a dog person. He was more of uh, focused on the on the church. <laughs> I don't know if he really cared about animals that much. Oh, see, what I think was probably more likely is he dated a cat. She, she dissed him real bad <laughs> for the rest of his life. He just had this, this, this uh, just awful, awful grudge against all cats. It, it, it could be that. Or maybe it was some information he got from a bad man um, that was part of the medieval inquisition named Conrad von Marburg. For people that don't know, the Medieval Inquisition is basically a group under the Catholic Church way, way back in the day that would combat, quote, heresy and desired religious unity. So they're witch hunters, right? Sure. They're going around looking for people who proclaimed Satan and were doing witchcraft. Kind of like a noble crusader. Kind of, but if with what the person was crusading for was made up. Now, I'm going to have to stop you there, Jason. Are you talking about the Catholic religion? I'm talking about witchcraft. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> okay, so we were on different sides of the map there. The Inquisition went for a pretty long time, so people knew it was around. And this Conrad guy reported directly to the Pope, Gregory the Ninth, and he was basically known as a guy who, when he heard any accusations, believed them and would send his mobs out to go chase the people down and bring them to him so he could, in quotations, interrogate them. Cleanse them of their wrongdoing. <laughs> torture them until they tell him what he wants them to say. Fair play. So, He's a man of action. <laughs> I you can't you can't that. deny that I not, it might not be good a, action but it is a action. man of bad a man of bad action so he got these people and he started doing this and he didn't really like cats all the root of this is with conrad he doesn't like cats i don't know if he's allergic maybe he was the guy who dated the cat oh conrad dated the cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's like screw these cats i need to get rid of them they burned me in my past. He sulks about it every night. Mm. So he pretty much persuades the, these accused people of telling him these stories of how they use cats to worship Satan and how they use them in different rituals. Is that where the phobia of black cats and bad luck came from? Kind of, yeah. So ah. this is a point where some of that started. So basically, here's the story that he got out of the people that he was interrogating how these rituals started was an initiate would come to a sect and to start the ritual a large frog the size of a dog would appear wait <laughs> I, I i don't mean to interject or interrupt the story what did you just say would appear a large a large frog the size of a dog so if you if you don't know by now i mean i'm only a sentence in but this is going to be some like wizard of oz meets third level of hell bullcrap okay that he, that he pulled together so big frog comes. step one frog appears <laughs> big frog appears 
Big Frog really doesn't have anything to do with it for whatever reason. The frog's there, but then this pale, white, skinny man with black eyes appears. It, could this just be the the frog who had turned prince? I think I think it's just like the the frog's tamer I, okay. I, that that followed him here. Okay, <laughs> maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's the frog is its tamer. Maybe, maybe. So the initiate would go up to this pale man and kiss him. Trying to turn him back into a frog. <laughs> I've got this peg, Jason. You can you stop do. now. <laughs> it's a reverse prince. But as soon as he kisses the man, he loses all memory of the church and mm. all of his religion. He just forgets it all right there on the spot after kissing this guy. Right. After he kisses the guy and forgets his religion, the whole sect in the new initiate go and have a meal together. Okay, what are they eating? Kind of like a Thanksgiving situation? I guess, just like a, a celebration, new member type meal. Do you think they get the frog there to boil and eat the frog legs? Is this New Orleans? <laughs> no. <laughs> I like to think that their all their food was like cooked in octopus ink. That way it's all nice and black and demonic. There you go. Very much. This is going to scare the Pope. Yeah. So after eating all their, all their Satan food. Mm-hmm. They have a statue of a black cat on the table, oh, and they all stand up after the meal's done, and the and the black cat comes to life. All right, and it starts walking around, but it's walking around the table backwards. <laughs> it's kind of do like a little Michael Jackson walk, walking around, and then nice. I do like that as, as well. As it's going by, it's looking at people's silverware and just like nudging it off the table. Does it all walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's more like meow meow there it is perfect and, <laughs> and then uh, and then it proceeds to walk backwards to the initiate mm-hmm. where, the, where he he or she closes their eyes puckers up and lays a fat one right on the back side of that cat okay um okay oh yep after puckering up this brown no. barley, <laughs> the cat keeps walking around one place I read said that just the the master of the sec would then kiss the cats, but but then another one said everybody would take their turn puckering up. So I don't know what kind of diseases and stuff are spread from that. I don't I don't know either. Just made me the story made me sad, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, this might cheer you up. After they all kiss the cat, but they blow the candles out and then they all have a big orgy. Nope. They didn't do it for me. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say, like, they blow out the candles and make a wish and call it a day. <laughs> uh, not this group of people. No. So, they all start having their orgy, and after they're done, they light the candles back up. After they light the candles, they look over into a, a dark corner of the room and out walks a, a man. But not just a normal man. He's a man from the waist up, bright light shining from his torso. From the waist down, he's a shaggy cat. I mean, I just don't like this whole aspect of cat lower half after kissing the cat. It's just... No, I don't like any of this. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and then they worship this thing for a little while, and then it disappears, and it's all over. They got a new initiate, new member to the sect. And this is what Conrad told the people to say? And this is what Conrad reported to the Pope. And Yeah, pretty much what he coerced them into saying, and then reports to the Pope. And the Pope obviously... Old Gregory, he says, ah. "Old Greg, yeah, old Greg." I don't think I don't think I like it. Greg, I think I think we're on the same page as Gregory was, not feeling it. So he puts out a papal bull, which is basically a um, 
a proclamation or a doctrine from the Pope. Yep. And it's called uh, Vox and Rama. After this is distributed all throughout England, he doesn't he doesn't really say that the people need to take cats out, but the cat population starts taking a, a nosedive in England after after word of all this gets I think out. We need to have Conrad population take a nosedive in England. <laughs> For real. For real. Conrad is one SOB. He's Okay, so for whatever reason, the dude doesn't like cats, and right. there's there's a um, there's opportunistically he seizes on the fact that there's also like a witch hunt going on. Right. How twisted do you have to be? And I I don't really want to dive into that mindset or psyche to come up with something so repulsive. I don't. Dude, you, I don't want to do this. No, <laughs> I'm done. I'm not, I'm, dude, if we walk down that path, next thing we know, we're gonna be blowing out candles. And nope. No, we will not. <laughs> not done with candles. Done with cats. I should, so I should probably let my cats go, huh? So that's the first half of the story, right? No, Jason. <laughs> that's to be it. So the so, boxing Rama's out. Cats. Not seen as many of them in England. So, 80, 100 years later, there's this thing that starts coming around, the Black Death, the bubonic plague, right? Most people know about it. Probably one of the worst, if not the worst, disease ever on the earth. People thought it was going to end humanity. There is there is coronavirus. There is corona going around. And bird flu and mad cow disease. Mm-hmm. And lots of stuff. But if you add them all together, I don't think they... Uh, they add up to the Black Plague. No, I don't think so. So about 200 million people died during it, if you don't know what it is. And it's um, a disease that was thought to be carried by fleas and stuff that would suck the blood of people and then be carried around by rats and then suck the blood of other people and the disease would get carried around. That's kind of what a bubonic plague means. One key thing that I just said there was rats. So right. without as many cats around... Oh, gosh. There was more rats. So with more rats, the plague spread more rapidly than it probably would have otherwise. Less less cats, more rats. This is a Doctor Who book about the plague. <laughs> exactly. And uh, that's kind of the theory behind the uh, the plague being more of an epidemic than it would have been without the Pope in Vox and Rama. But, again, that that's controversial. Sure. I can imagine the whole thing was controversial. <laughs> well... Yeah, I mean, from what I've read, the Vox and Rama is definitely real. Okay. The cats probably were massacred. Okay. But the thing that people debate on is, did it really contribute to the plague being, oh, as being worse? So in the past few decades, there's evidence that the plague wasn't bubonic. It was pneumonic, which means could be passed from person to person. Mm -hmm. So the fleas and rats thing, one that even, if that's true, doesn't even come into consideration. But there's not enough evidence one way or another to definitively say. Not a whole lot of science there. I mean, there is now, but not back then, so they don't really know. The plague was also generational, so it happened over and over again. So it wasn't like this one-time thing where there's tons of rats. And the plague was also in other places, like I said, Asia. And mm -hmm. It wasn't just yeah. England. So it's really controversial one way or the other, but it's possible that the Pope, through some bad information, helped spread the plague worse than it would have been. 
It's a good way to end the story, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all it's all great, I guess. It's all uh, it's all a bit of a bit of gray area. Can't yeah. really tell one way or another. I hope Conrad just got killed by cats. Oh I yeah, like. I I hope he's he was laying there with the plague, getting sick, and the and cats just, just kind of crept into the room. And they just and... watched. <laughs> Nothing more. <laughs> they just watched. Well, that was a story. Um, mine is also kind of cat centric, not even close to the same vein, <laughs> and I'm I'm happy for that. Uh, so Im- imagine this, Jason. Mm-hmm. You're in Brittany, France, and you're decided to go go along the beach, and you're walking the coast, and you see something orange just float ashore. Not like a a muffled orange, but a very very bright orange. You go up, and you see a plastic Garfield the cat telephone. And as you keep on walking, you see more and more and more of these phones. Garfield everywhere. Garfield is littering the beach. So your story is about Garfield. In a way. So you're, walk- you're walking along the beach in Brittany, France, and you just see these, these vast amounts of Garfield phones. Imagine this has been happening for 30 years. 30 years in the same spot. Tons of Garfield phones. Tons and tons of Garfield phones. Um, <laughs> this is real. This is a very real thing that has happened. Since 1980, and in the year 2019, there was a recent update, so I'm just going to get into it. So like I said, for years and years and years, in Brittany, France, there have been these plastic Garfield phones, like receivers, the talking piece, whatever that's called, cords have been washing up ashore for 30 years. And that, this got the attention of a, a bunch of like eco-activists. They were like, if this is happening, then there's probably some sort of mass container of them somewhere on the seafloor and it's damaging some sort of aquatic ecosystem and it needs to be needs to be stopped it's probably or okay or there's a mermaid factory pumping these out right and they're and they're just shipping them up to surface side hoping that one day these garfield phones catch on do they not want any type of monetary compensation they're just like i didn't say it was a good business plan that's fair mermaids are notorious for their bad business plans (laughs) Could you imagine? I don't. I don't I'm not, not going to derail the story, but just think about it. Yeah, Mer- flounder swimming around, cracking his whip, getting all the mermaids to make their Garfield phones. Yeah, and they're like 30 years behind the times. Like, no, no, it's still going to work. <laughs> anyway, so more recently, the the president of an environmental group, Claire Simonin Lemieux, which is a French name if ever I've heard one, um, talked to the Washington Post about the situation and was really being an advocate for trying to figure out what the source of this was in order to try to prevent this damage. And in, I think, March of 2019, France Info publication reported on the Garfield as part of, like, an awareness thing for, you know, if you understand what's going on with these Garfield phones, hit us up. It's been happening for 30 years. How many calls do you think they got that were just, like, wackadoos? How many calls do I think the Garfield phones got? Probably none. They washed up on shore. (laughs) There are probably some Buckwild phone calls. Like, hey, maybe it's just Coral Reef that is now changing into the form of Garfield and has some electrical components in it. <laughs> it's nature. But moving forward, that report came to the attention of a local farmer named Rene Morvan, Morvain. And he, had, he was one of the first people in the 1980s who had started seeing these phones pop up, actually. And he and his brother, when they first saw this, these phones coming to shore, they also wanted to do some investigation and, and figure out what the source of it was. So they were swimming around. They were doing some, like, spurlunking, I think it's called, some cave diving. And they actually found 
a, a massive metal shipping container stuffed to the brim with these phones in a in a deep sea cave. Who would lose a giant shipping container of Garfield phones and not tell anybody? My assumption is that it was lost in some kind of storm. I don't, I can't confirm or deny that, but they were on just like an ocean liner full of them. They just lost one shipment. I guess it's probably not a big deal. Let me ask you this. Accident losing several thousand dollars worth of Garfield phones or amazing marketing scheme that lasts tens of years. Wow. Peaking wow. the curiosity of everybody around the world. Well, you got me there. If it's marketing, it's brilliant. And I can't even imagine all the uh, calculations that have to go into effect to have a, a shipping container, have the perfect trajectory to sort of go under the surface, <laughs> move into a cave, get stuck in this cave, and every so often distribute some Garfield phones to the Brittany coast of France. It's either terrible or terrible business planning by the mermaids or excellent business planning by some person that doesn't care about the environment whatsoever one of the two Which there's is most no businesses. there's no third option it has to be one of those two um so again they they figured out that there was this this deep sea cave uh, stuffed to the brim and as they went into this cave they just saw probably hundreds it didn't specify a number but the, the cave was littered with these phones i just imagine this like gruesome quasi-war scene of just Garfield plastic left and right, <laughs> just dismantled. Um, and the cave is not actually accessible for the vast majority of the year due to the tide. So the, the fact that these brothers were able to find it was just sheer dumb luck. And uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But so in March of 2019, there were several volunteers who, who waited the appropriate time and went into this deep sea cave to s sort of scope out what the situation is currently. Their hope was to find a shipping container that was still relatively full so that they could prevent further disruption of aquatic ecosystems. What they found was that it was zero. There's nothing in there. So all of the Garfields have now been distributed to the aquatic ecosystems of Brittany, France. And Garfield will soon take over the world, I presume. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's just how the the fish communicate. We have our we yes. have our iPhones and our smartphones. They have their Garfield phones. They just yes. let the current take them around everywhere. Is their plan? They're able to call each other now on their fish phones, right? And they just have a thing for Garfield. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a dominance thing because cats typically eat fish. They're like, "How's it feel now, Garfield? <laughs> now you're our yeah. tool. You're our toy." <laughs> you ever seen like a, a cat that circles like a fish bowl? Like a George the Fish mm -hmm. Bowl. All the, all the fish swim around the cat. Yeah, animals. exactly. They're, they like to just sort of role-play reversal. Just like swimming around a bunch of uh, Garfield cats. <laughs> they swim over and take their fin and knock it, off, knock it off the hook. Yeah. Get up, son. Get up. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the story of Garfield invading France. I'm glad we could end on something a little lighter. I don't even want you to reference your story. Don't you just stop. A little it. more cat-friendly. Yeah, a little bit more friendly to cats. So that's it for this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. Review us on whatever podcatcher you're using. Subscribe. It really helps us out. If you're interested in contacting us with one story that you might know or you want us to talk about something, um, you can reach us at any of our social medias on Fig of My Reality on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our email is figmentofmyreality at gmail.com. And if you didn't like it, tell a friend anyways. Yeah, maybe they'll like Garfield invading France. And Conrad. Nobody likes Conrad, Jason. This is Jeremy Bales. See you next week. This is Jeremy Bales. <laughs> this is Jason Wright. See you next week. There it is. <laughs>